0: If you were to look up the word rhythm in the dictionary, it would undoubtedly say jazz fusion, pop, and session percussionist Alex Acuna. From a young man playing in local bands in Lima, Peru, to playing with bandmates Joe Zawinul and Wayne Shorter of the great jazz fusion band Weather Report, Alex Acuna has lived a life of rhythmic passion that continues today. As an A-list session percussionist and drummer, he has contributed to international projects for decades and has clearly influenced percussion around the world. He is a perennial teacher, traveling the world to train musicians and percussionists, but at the same time, he is a student, always learning and absorbing new sounds, techniques, and approaches to injecting rhythm into music. From Koinonia to Al Jarreau, Herbie Hancock to Ella Fitzgerald, Jean Beam to U2, Alex Acuna continues to be a relevant musical icon. Inside MusicCast welcomes Alex Acuna. Hey Alex, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor for me, and really a privilege
2: Good, good, good. Hey, Alex, I wanted to start off by saying uh, in my life, even as a young kid, I remember growing up in my home, and you know my my mother and father. Basically, even when they were teenagers, they uh they remember dancing to Perez Prado's Mambo Number no. Five and Number no. Eight, and of course, my mother still loves that uh, the the Prado music to this day. But I mentioned it to my mother that I said I told her, "Hey, Mom, I'm interviewing a a musician, a great musician that played with Perez Prado years ago." And all she told me was in Spanish, she says, "No me digas, mijo, which means <laughs> you don't you don't say and her eyes got very interested. So uh, anyway, she uh, she just, all she said was to say hello and uh, to give you a greeting. But she's a true admirer of uh, Perez Prado's music, and uh, which is basically where you really got uh, your first real serious uh, beginning. Is that correct in your career?
1: Yeah, I was actually I started playing uh, when I was ten. Professionally, mm-hmm. I started playing. Not first time when I was three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, making money when I was ten with my father and my brother's band. Yeah. We were six boys and my father seven. And then um, uh, I was born in the north of Lima, mm-hmm. a small town called Pativilca. Right. And then my brothers all moved to Lima and they became uh, very well-known, great musicians because my father was a music teacher, so he taught them really well. Right, And then... um I just learned uh, very uh, autodidact, you know, uh, like uh, just from a pure natural uh, gift. And uh, my mother didn't want me to be a musician. Oh, no. And then uh, I came later to Lima when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I used to play trumpet and piano when I was younger, I was able to read music. So in Lima in those days, there were not too many drummers that could read music. Right. So I got very, very fast into the recording with the televisions, radio, movie soundtracks and theaters and, uh, and everything, recordings. I was uh, sure. already, you know, by 16, I started recording professionally. Uh-huh. And then 17 and 18, Pérez Prado went to Lima yeah. and he saw me play and he invited me to come to the United States for a, a contract of nine months all over the United States. We right. started in Las Vegas and end up again around around all over the United States, end up in Los Angeles, California in those days, at the Beverly Hilton. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, then he left to Mexico, uh, and then I went to Peru, and after that I, w- I came back to San Juan, Puerto Rico, in right. 1965. And I stayed in Puerto Rico for 10 years, and um, I studied over there. Right. And, uh, the time when I was studying orchestral music, uh, classical percussion, uh, Don Pablo Casals mm-hmm. was the deacon of the conservatory because right. he was married to a Puerto Rican lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got to play with, with him, uh, conducting, Don Pablo Casals was conducting right. music. And uh, and then I ten years later I came to Las Vegas in uh, 1975 and um, was playing at the Hilton and, uh, International. And uh, I got to play with Elvis Presley. Yeah, oh. that's right, that's right. And uh, and the next year, in 76, uh, Weather Report called me, and I started playing with Weather Report. Right. So that's just a brief story of what uh, all the things that I, until, right. until I came to Los Angeles in 1978, mm-hmm. and I became a studio musician again, and that's when I recall with every, almost everybody.
2: Right. Right before Perez Prado, basically, you know, crossed paths with you. You were playing with you, you know, in different clubs, and and you were doing commercial work in studios and that type of thing. For your own music, what were you listening to? I mean, what were the type of things as a, as a young musician? What type of music were influencing you at at that time,
1: uh, Alex? Okay. When I was nine years old, uh-huh. the type of music that I used to listen was classical music, uh-huh. Cuban music, ethnic music from Peru, sure, and um, rock and roll, right. And just everything that I was able, because for me music always was and is still is music. Uh-huh. In Spanish, is M U S I C A. And for me, music <laughs> it, it has to have the three elements. Yes. Uh, the the more important elements, definitely, rhythm is one. Right. Melody is the second one, and harmony is the third one. Right. So if one of those elements misses. In, in the arrangement, in the music, in the composition, for me, is kind of empty. It's kind of mediocre. So that's why um, I started listening when I was seven, and I started getting that, because uh, the classical music gave me the harmonization to understand harmony and melodic. And then the ethnic music gave me the rhythms for me to understand rhythms. And uh, that's why I went to San Juan, Puerto Rico, to study uh, classical music so I can understand also the classical percussion as mm-hmm, well as mm-hmm. the ethnic music from the from the islands of the Caribe sure right and of course I and I have the background of South America Brazilian Uruguay, Argentina Peru Colombia uh, Venezuela
2: absolutely yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, so that that's just to say uh, what was my influence That's exactly what it was yeah. still is, still sure, is sure, sure. my influence because right now you know I get to to call with the London, to play with the London Symphony Orchestra. Yes. And sometimes I I get call, I get called to play with Bobby McFerrin, right? choral music, or to play with the uh, African musicians and Brazilian musicians and Latin musicians mm-hmm. as well and just to play all kinds of music, especially
3: here in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were so fortunate uh, as a musician to have a family that was musical. I mean, you know, a father that was a music teacher, and you know, we mentioned Prado, you know, choosing you for his band, you know, studying at the conservatory. And then, you know, while you were living in Las Vegas, you had one more big call that came in from a guy named Joe Zawinul. Exactly. Yeah. How did you uh, How did you meet Joe?
1: Well, I was playing in Las Vegas with Elvis and then with uh, Olivia Newton-John and The uh-huh. Temptations. Right. You know, every act that came to the Hilton, International Hilton in 1975, yeah. I was the house drummer and the percussionist. And,
4: okay. Uh,
1: so whenever they brought a drum player, I switched to percussion. Okay. And when they had the percussionist, I played the drums.
3: I see. Wow, yeah. you are
1: the and house it drummer. To be that one night, I'm um, playing drums for Olivia Newton-John, and then the second act was The Temptations. So I switched to play congas with The Temptations. Okay. And in the audience, there were some musicians that used to play with uh, with Mal Davis. Mm-hmm. Don Elias was one. Yes. And the other one was David Liedman.
4: Uh-huh.
1: And also Miroslav Vitos, they used to play bass with Weather Report. Okay. Because they were forming a band. So they came to Las Vegas and they heard about me. And I said, that's Alex playing right <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, when I finished, they came back and... They invited me to play with them jazz, and i I left the Hilton because my purpose always was not only my um, musical ambition but um, the the music that i that I like the most that I really for me is the musical will give me the chance to improvise, which is jazz right, right. yeah so uh, I started playing with them, played uh, for about two months with them, and then uh, I came back to Las Vegas and uh, David Lippman and Milos and Don Elias, they called Josawino, and they told him, in Las Vegas, there is a percussionist from Peru, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so Josawino uh, called me, and then he came over, and we met. We hung out one day, one night, and... Uh, uh, he ultimately joined the band.
3: That's great. Well, we have some other questions about weather report, but I just wanted to backtrack and and talk to you a minute, just for a minute, about what you just mentioned being the house drummer and house percussionist there at the Hilton. And, you know, you, get, you had the opportunity to play with so many different acts that came through, like you mentioned, Olivia Newton-John, Elvis Presley, The Temptations. And tell me about that experience and in, in just from a standpoint of preparation, you know, because uh, I'm sure that when those guys would come to town, say if, you know, I I know Elvis was there, you know, often, but I'm sure that, you know, uh, his, his set would change, you know, and what was it like from a preparation standpoint? How How soon did you get charts and how how often were you, um, I guess you could say, flying by the seat of your pants?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I have to say two things to really uh, cover the your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the main thing is always lining up my earliest experience of listening to all kinds of music. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. That will give me the experience by itself to be able to play any any feel in music.
4: Sure, nice. sure. Yeah.
1: That's one. And the preparation, my academic uh, academical, uh, preparation musically, of course, my, my father didn't taught me how to play. Well, my brother taught me a little bit. Uh-huh. But I still, I want to say this for the third time, I was an autodidact. I still am. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I still like not to know everything. I like to learn every day something new. Sure. So those were the major uh, in, ingre- ingredients, ingredients to that they were uh, really uh, helping me and giving me the incentive, musical incentive, to, to play and to discover and to fit. So whoever came, I adapt to their music. Mm-hmm. I never uh, make an impact for them to change their style of playing. I just fit in with them. Yeah. I still do that. I mm-hmm. play what is requiring music, and, uh, and that's about it.
2: And, and you know what the examples of the people that you just mentioned that would play at the Hilton, for instance, and what a diverse just out of the four people that you mentioned, Olivia Doon John, what a distinct sound. Temptations, that's Motown. Miles Davis, Elvis. I mean, that is they are so very, very, very different. And I think that 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 basically uh, addresses what you just uh, said right now. That you have to adjust to everybody and just just feel what they're doing and 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 just just do it. You know.
1: Yeah, I learned yeah. that when I was 9 years old mm-hmm. when I was listening to to music. Right. You know, because I used to listen to classical music, Cuban music, ethnic music from Peru and then the rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's always um whatever I think uh, we all know this. I'm I'm not a psychologist, but I I know the truth because I have five children
4: <laughs> and
1: now I have five grandchildren, but they wow. all play, you know, not, not that they all musician, professionals, not like that. We, right. My wife and I, we teaching music to all my children and my grandchildren, as as per se teaching them another language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and everybody knows how to play the piano or guitar or or sing or something or play percussion.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not none of them all percussionists. Actually, may, most of, of them are pianists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what what I what I am trying to say with this is, you know, when I was growing up seven, eight, nine years old, the music that I heard was, you know, a kid, a kid, a, a small person, a young person is like a sponge. It will absorb everything that is listening, that is hearing. And definitely, I like every style of music, so definitely I prepare myself. You know, I practice, I still practice every day. I am writing every day. I'm playing piano and composing, and and always on top of my game. Yeah. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been like that since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. It never changes. I don't think it could, it's it's going to change. And I hope it's. You no, know, it might it might sound very pretentious or very like egotistic, but it's not. Yeah. You know?
3: Right. Well, it's in your blood, and I think that's that's what you do. It's 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 your sure. It's your passion.
1: Yeah, it is my passion. Though. Yeah.
3: jumping back to, you know, leaving the Hilton, leaving your house gig with the Hilton and and, then joining uh, Weather Report. Um, I was curious, were you familiar with these guys, Weather Report, you know, before you met Joe Zomino?
1: Yes. uh, In 1970, I was living in San Juan, Puerto Rico, Uh when they did the first Weather Report album, a blue album. Okay. And one of the songs I still remember, uh, it's like Waterfalls. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said that's the music I want to play. <laughs> so when I came back to America in the '75, that was my inspiration mm-hmm. because uh, it changed it changed my 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 way of that music changed my life, uh, musical life, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I didn't know. So definitely when here is the spiritual side that everybody should know, you know, I don't know if you guys are Christians or not. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me, really. It does, but it doesn't in the same way. I speak this way to everybody. Right. God has a, a, a life prepared for you. He prepared the path of our lives. And uh, he knew in my heart since I was seven years old when I met him that uh, I wanted to be that kind of a musician because of my passion. And, and there was a vision in a, always in, and a dream in my heart and also a ministry, a, a mission, mm-hmm. a ministry, a mission. So he knew that, and, and therefore he protected me. He, he, even in my darkest time in life, he was able to cover my life and protect me. And he knew that I wanted to play this kind of music with this kind of people because he was... Implanted in me when I was seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah. So when I came to the United States, I came ready because I already studied, preparing music. See, the, the, the main situations about this, especially for the young musicians, when there is a vision, mm-hmm. there is um, a dream yes. uh, in your heart, God knows that. Because he can, he's the only one that can see your heart. Mm-hmm. And because He knew my passion and my discipline of studying and my perseverance of continuing and running, and, and continuing the race. And it didn't matter how and when and how long it was going to take me to get to these places, but he knew that I had the passion. He granted mm-hmm. me. So that's that's what happened, and, and that's what I wanted to really um, mention. For me, the most important sure. thing, to give incentives to the young
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: generations. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the music and, and names and Elvis and Michael Jackson, all that, those just person like us, mm-hmm. you know, Perez Prado and Weather Report and Koinonia and everybody, they're just people, bands. Those are the additions that God put in our lives. But really, without knowing, since I was seven years old when I established my relationship with God, He <coughs> knew the verse that is, is in the Bible in Matthew six thirty-six: 36. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And every, everything shall be added into your life. Mm-hmm. That was what he had for me. Yeah. Because I was seeking him. And right. I was talking to him. And I was knocking on his door. And I was asking him. And I was looking for him. And then he showed me Elvis, Diana Rose, Temptation, where de ball, and everybody. And it still does.
2: The dreams and, and are still coming true. I
1: and I know that I'm speaking... In a very different kind of ways, you know, going back here and there, you know, it's not so ordered. That maybe we should have the conversation because uh-huh. I, I improvise and it comes uh, spontaneous. Everything that I'm saying, <laughs> but it's a reason why I'm saying all this.
2: Absolutely. Right? Yeah. No, uh, it makes an awful lot of sense. Your dreams are coming true, and they were they were made uh, possible because of that. You know, I have a question, Alex. In 1970, when you did first see weather report. Who was on the band there? Obviously, Joe was. But who were playing in the band there, as opposed to in 1975 when you hopped on? What were What were Was it the same band or not? Who was on?
1: No, no, no. Weather Report always have a different rhythm section. Right. Uh, throughout history, mm-hmm. um, and, and when they began was Alphonse Mouzon right. on drums, mm-hmm. and Ayrton Moreira on percussion, gotcha. percussion, and uh, and Miroslav on bass. And then in 1972, they changed to Eric Rabat on drums and then uh, uh, Do-Um-Rumau on percussion, and it still was Miros Abitos. But right. the directors of the band, the owners of the name and, and, and the composers of the music were Wayne Shorter and Joe Sawino.
3: Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, during during the recording of the album Black Market, uh, Joe Zawinul was, was auditioning for bass players, and we Eddie and I were curious about, you know, why did Alfonso Johnson uh, decide to leave the band? Was it a solo career? Uh, uh,
1: Joe Zawinul was a little bit hard sometimes on the bass players for mm-hmm. the harmonic sense, not so much for the rhythm, but the harmony. Right. And uh, this this can be controversial, and um, I know this. I, mean, I don't say anything that I that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or the, I don't say anything that somebody just told me or I read. I say things that I know, that I talk, that they, they, I talk with the person, and the sure. person explained those things to me. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, Alfonso Johnson told me he, he was tired, he wanted to do his something, and uh, he was getting a name, and uh, he got an offer to go with a record label, so he wanted to start his, his solo career. And then Joe was a little bit on the, on the pain in the neck, kind
4: mm-hmm.
1: of harmony, harmony freak. Uh-huh. So, but it was a m- mutual understanding and uh, so they started auditioning bass players and then mm-hmm. Jaco came over and, yeah. and he changed the band actually yeah. he, if I was changing something it was Jaco Jaco is the one that came over and changed the band yeah, he right. took the band to a different level
3: so he, Jaco, he joined the band during that recording of Black Market is that right?
1: yeah, he did one song uh, first take is the name of the song is Cannonball,
3: Cannonball. yeah, Cannonball
1: right yeah, and uh, when Jaco came, you know he he was very uh, um, how do you say very uh, clear-minded mm-hmm. about the business, about everything, and he was also the first person that put a composition in Weather Report's C-E album. Really? Yeah, because nobody—I mean, you have yeah. Wayne Shorter and Joe know who composed better music than those guys. That's
2: right. Yeah, yeah,
1: but. Um, they allowed Jaco because he said, okay, if you let me do that, i join the band. If not, I don't join the band. Uh-huh. And, uh, he was very strong about it.
3: Kind of, a, kind of amazing.
1: They recognized that he was a genius and everything. Yeah. And uh, they, he was a younger person with an incredible music background, so they let him do that.
3: Interesting how you said that you know, Joe was sort of a, uh, a little bit difficult on the bass players, but yet Jaco walks in and, and gets cannonball in the first take.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's a different level of musicianship. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to degrade anybody or yeah, right. because music is not a competition, right? You know, so, so it doesn't matter. I think Joe was right, and also Slim Johnson was right, mm-hmm. and everybody's right, sure. you know, in their own ways, which is uh, the things that we as professional musicians will respect. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah the addition of Jaco on uh, coming in uh, and uh it must have really energized the band uh, and must have changed uh Joe and Wayne shorter a little bit as to hey we've got this type of bass player here that's very creative and and uh how how where do we go from here so it must have sparked some energy in their writing do you agree yeah
1: that's what you say is yeah. it, right you know because uh, he was very fresh yeah uh, musically speaking and uh, Jaco played many instruments and he His passion was uh, the great harmony. He he had an incredible sense of harmony. When you listen to Heavy Weather, and uh, any other records, yeah, you can see that uh, his sense of harmony is very. Not that it's superior to any other player. It's just that uh, he knows when and how to choose the notes and the right ones to to put it in the Mm -hmm, mm
3: song. You know, as you as you worked with Jaco and you got to know him, what was he like as you know, just as an individual, just as a friend, and as a musician as well.
1: Jaco? Well, Jaco, when I knew Jaco, <clears throat> he was a different man that when he died, uh, you know, he changed in the course of uh, traveling and, and, and fame, and he wasn't prepared to really cope with, uh, with uh, the self-glorification. Uh, right, mm-hmm. And uh, those are the things that sometimes the immaturity of a person will will uh, take place in the in the person and will change and it will transform a person sometimes right. to, uh, to become a different kind of person. Right. So I don't want to say anything that I don't know.
4: Right, um, right.
1: What happened later, because I, I left the band in 1978, and mm-hmm. I know the band played until about 86. And I don't know how long Jaco played, but um, I know that the times when I was with Jaco, uh, we were very close friends. My family was very close to his family, and uh, we hung out. And it was all about music be- between us and sports. We right. used to together and play soccer in the beach and, and play music all day. That's, that's about it. Our, yeah. our um, friendship was music, sports, and family.
2: Mm-hmm. Jaco really liked your, your personal uh, drumming style. He admired it quite a bit, didn't he?
1: Well, he's the one that really told Weather Report to play the drums, he—I was playing percussion when Jaco came to the band. Right, and because we were staying together in the same room, mm-hmm. and every night we play. I just get the brushes playing on, on top of the wooden table, mm-hmm. and he plays his bass with no no chords, uh, no no electronics. Right, just uh, putting it by the wall or by the door to resonate, uh-huh. and we play all the Mal Davis tunes, all the tunes, <sighs> and Jaco said, you know all these songs?" I said, "Yeah, man, <laughs> I know all all, all the ways." Your Recomposition, I know them. And let's go tomorrow, early. Because we always rehearse by noon, from noon to, to midnight, about 12 hours rehearsed, And then uh, we went about 10, got up early, went for a jog, and then swim, and then had breakfast, and went to play just bass and drums. And that day, Savino came an hour early. He came about 11. And he said, who's playing drums? By this time, I never touched Chester Thompson's drums. Chester was the drummer of the band. Right. Yeah. And uh, I always respect uh, that too. I never like to show off myself. And uh, just how we know, nobody knew that I played drums. will <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, find out because I was rooming with him. We start playing, and then and said, who? Alex, I don't know. You play drums? I said, Well, you know, I, you don't have to know. I said, Yeah, I play drums. Oh, bring you drums. Now we're going to have two drums, and you play drums and percussion in and out, whatever, you know. And Jaco says, no, I'd rather Alex to play drums. We'll look for another percussionist. Yeah. And that's when the... Actually, they did a, a great favor to Chester Thompson, because then after Chester left with a report, uh, he went with Phil Collins. Yeah, to, uh, right. Yeah. right. And, and that band, Genesis, no? Yeah, <laughs> A little band there. Uh, 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 <laughs> a little band there. And so it was great to, to a, a great favor to, to, to Chester. And uh, that's how I began to play. Uh, because my style of playing in those days was uh, Latin feel, but uh, with uh, Tony Williams and Elvin Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I think you mentioned a moment ago that you uh, left the band in 1978. And uh, what was the, the impetus for you leaving the band?
1: Yeah, uh, for me, my family, after after uh, God, after my Lord, my Lord Jesus Christ, my family, my wife, my family, my children are, are you know, the next ones. So music is not, uh, not even in the third. <laughs> yeah. In in, in, the, in my lineup of uh, the, the the you know my list, the first one is Jesus, and then my wife, my children, then my family, my Peruvian family. Then my Christian family, and then is the music, and then is my ministry. Mm-hmm. That's the order of my life. So right. I, I left World Report because I needed to be with my family, with my children. In those days, I had three ones, and they were growing. And uh, the tours we were report were three, four, five month tour. You know, three in Europe, uh, one in Japan, and uh, and two over here in uh, United States with Canada. Mm-hmm. So it was they were very long and. Uh, and I said no. You know, I cannot do this to my children. I need to be with them. All right, All right. So that was the main reason. It wasn't a musical reason. It wasn't a, a nothing. Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, I just put my family before, and I still do. I put my. I still put my family before.
2: Mm-hmm. How often do you travel back to Peru? How often do you get back home?
1: Right now, I go about five times to Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go and do concerts. I'm playing Peruvian music, actually. Right. Uh, the music from the Andes. Wow. Then I uh, I do ministries over there. I'm a missionary with mm-hmm. three American missionaries mm-hmm. working with the First Lady of the Nation. Right, and uh, <clears throat> we already gave about eighty-two thousand wheelchairs. Wow, to the students, and also about three million people in the Andes and the Amazon being healed from parasites in their stomach. Uh-huh. And we send every twelve months. We send uh, about twelve to fifteen. Doctors and dentists to go there, and uh, the Andes to Cusco or to Cajamarca, and um, to do that. So, those are the reasons why I go to Peru.
2: Right, exactly. In two thousand, you were nominated for a Grammy for your solo project called uh, "Is It Acuarela de Tambores?" Acuarela de Tambores. Yeah. um, Can you tell us about this project? I'm very curious. Uh, This sounds wonderful.
1: Oh yeah. What happened is that, uh, like I told you, when I was in still in Peru, in Pativilca, in mm-hmm. my town where I was born, uh, one day somebody was selling some records just on the street, like, uh, you know, was selling things.
2: Yeah, corner salesman, yeah.
1: And, yeah, and, and I said, Tito Puente, and I it in timbales and precautions and congas, <laughs> and Tito Puente, who is this? Uh, how much? Ah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I want this. This is 1961, 62. sixty one, sixty two. Uh, yeah, 62, before I went to to Lima. I was 15. And uh, when I put it, I said, Oh, wow, the name of the album is Top Percussion. Okay. It was recorded on RCA in mm-hmm. 1955. Mm-hmm. With Willy Bobo and Mongo Santa Maria. Nobody knew these people. And um, not me either. And I fell in love with the record. So, again, here we go. I have a vision and I have a vision. <laughs> Monday, to make an album like that, and uh, it w- it was the perfect timing when the best Latin percussionists of the world, uh, Giovanni Hidalgo, Paoli Mejia, Luis Conte, Paulinho da Costa, mm-hmm. uh, we got together, and I went to Peru and record with some Peruvian musicians over there, percussionists, and we did this album also again, uh, different kind of percussion: Cuban, African, Brazilian, um, and all those different styles of music or uh, percussion. And, uh, and when they saw that on the Grammys, uh, they nominated this. It, it. It actually was the American Grammy they nominated, and that was the first time I went to. Well, I've been nominated three more times but um, in the Latin Grammys, but the American Grammy was uh, that one. Yeah. Uh, rhythms for the new millennium, Acuarelas de Tambores.
2: Sure, that was wonderful. Congratulations for that. You you mentioned uh, Mongo Son- Santa Maria. If I recall correctly, I think he even played with Perez Prado years back, too.
1: Yeah, in those movies in Mexico. Yeah. Mexico, Perez Prado with Tim Tang,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, or Resortes, Yeah. Uh, or Ninon Sevilla or, uh, <coughs> or the other one, Aguilar. Yeah. The. You put Pérez Prado on Ninón Sevilla, and you can see there the percussion in one of them is Mongo, Francisco Abavella, hmm. um
4: Johnny Pacheco. I
1: yeah. got to meet and play with all these people as well wow. later, with also with Willie Bobo. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing, you know, it's, it, it, everybody will say, or a lot of people will say, wow, it's a what a coincidence, you know, yeah. but uh, it wasn't, for me, it was not in coincidence. It was a dream that came true.
2: Sure, sure. Telling us, that you're pouring out not only your music, uh, you know, story, but also your heart and your ministry and your mission in life. And but you know, you uh, know, in, in a way, they sort of combine together to create something really interesting. In 1980, although it's not. Uh, uh, you know, quite your experience with, with Weather Report, a, you, some, a band came together called Coin and, EA, and a lot of our audience is very familiar with with this this work. But tell us a little bit about this concept and how, how this came together to sort of uh, bring your whole world together.
1: Okay, what happened is in 1978, when I left Weather Report, mm-hmm. uh, I came over here, bought a house from Las Vegas. I came over here. Yeah. My house brought my family. I was living in Silma here in Los Angeles, California. And uh, one day at 3 o'clock in the morning, I put the record, Heavy Weather. And when I finish, I start crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because of the music was bad. <laughs> or no, because of the music was superb. Right. It was because a voice came to me. And uh, I know people would say, Wow, he hears voices. He's, <laughs> he says, Cuckoo! <laughs> but no, no, no. I have a relationship with God, and uh, he said, Alex, I know you need me now, you definitely stopped talking to me for about 15 years, because when I was a kid, like I said before, seven years old, I start my relationship with God, and I talked to him until I was uh, 18, and then uh, I never talked to him again, and uh, until I was uh, 30, 33. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, change my life. So... I received the Lord, my salvation in my home in Silmar, California, in April, 1978. And uh, in those days, I met Abraham Laboriel. By this time, Abraham Laboriel was not a Christian yet. He was a Catholic, Mm -hmm. but his wife was a Christian. And his wife told him that uh, there was a Christian church because I told Abraham about my experience. And I said, man, let's go to that church, you know, check it out. So I went, and also, what a coincidence. This is also not a coincidence, but Mm -hmm. Chester Thompson was there with his wife, also seeking the same service that I went, that I received the Lord, because I'll find out that uh, I needed to... uh, The the Word of God says uh, that if you confess me before men in the congregations, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. So... When the pastor made the altar call, I stood up in the chair and I said, I want to receive Christ.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But I already received Christ in my home at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's when I started walking with Abraham as a friend and discipleship a little bit, each other. But, you know, he was very young in, in, the, in the world and uh, in the world, world, world of yeah, God. Sure. He didn't know much because he was also a very uh, fresh Christian like me. Yeah. And uh, his dream was to, to form a band. We'll uh, carry the banner of Jesus and I say, "Yeah, put me on." But then, you know, we went, we did the recordings, and things start changing. Uh, <clears throat> all the problems surface, and uh, I, the reason I left the band was because, again, my family and again my life. Right. Uh, I needed to get clean. I needed to be transparent, especially with my wife and children. And uh, so I said, "Abraham, I cannot travel anymore." And uh, So I think they continued a couple more years, and then they disbanded. Yeah. And uh, so that was, you know, very briefly uh, a a story of uh, Koinonia. Yeah. And um, the band became very popular and very famous in Europe, especially in Scandinavia, and uh, Germany, and France.
2: Yeah, big, huge following over there. Isn't that amazing how they appreciate that type of music?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I still do. Yeah. And uh, so that was the history with Corinna Mia. It was a great band. Right. And uh, especially, we did did, um, a live recording in Stockholm and and the other town, the other major town over there. I don't remember the name right now. Yeah. Uh, Live, it's called uh, Celebration. Uh, It's a live recording, Celebration. Right, exactly. Beautiful album. Uh, Also a great, great um, sound and great tunes and everything. Mm-hmm. But we still, I still keep in touch with, the, especially with Abraham. You know, because I'm a drummer and he's a bass player. Sure, we always do session together. We do, we play on a lot of the, of the the movies soundtracks. Right. Actually, the movie that just won the Oscar, Up. Yes. We play on that soundtrack. That's with wonderful. With the orchestra, yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. So, Love that. So you movie. know, Abraham and I still Brothers, and, and Yes. Especially and. Uh, And that's how I came with Quentinia and that's how I came to the Lord, and that's how I continue. Uh, You're right. My passion really is to be a missionary. I'm I'm an evangelist. I'm I'm not a preacher, but I do like to share the Lord, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes even with words. Yes. but uh, that's, that's my passion, really. Yeah. That, that is what uh, I was born for. Well, Alex, uh,
3: over the years, the, the list of, of artists that you've played for is you know, is too long to mention. But if we mention just a few of them, could you comment on your collaborations with them? And, and the first one that I have here is Paul McCartney.
1: Yeah, actually, I don't even know the name of the record that I played with Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent the tracks. Uh, we recorded at uh, Matt Harder Studios. I uh-huh. think it was two songs that I recorded. And I just put there, I recall, because he has a big name. Yeah. It's, good for, it's good for the list of... Uh, you know, <laughs> your resume. Good for the resume. <laughs> curriculum, you know, but I don't know. And uh, I met him after the fact, you know, when they say, I'm recording, oh, yeah, 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 hello, Alex. You know, that was it.
3: <laughs> now, what about, uh, what about your experience with Herbie Hancock? Sort of the same thing, or did you have more of a closer relationship with him?
1: Actually, I had to leave in an hour to do a session with Harry Hancock right now. we doing. Uh, do you really? Really? Yeah. He's doing a new album, and uh, in some of the tracks, he's using uh, David Matthews. Yes. And I'm going to be playing some percussion.
2: Wow. Very good. Very cool. Yeah. The next one, uh, Carlos Jobim. Who? It's Jobim.
1: Carlos oh, Jobim. yeah. Actually, Harry is the one that invited me to go to Brazil with uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim for his. Um, I think it was a birthday, 75 or something like that. Right. And then, like, six months later, he died. Uh-huh. So we did two concerts for uh, <clears throat> for something like a festival over there in Sao Paulo and also in Rio. Yeah. And uh, we're all great musicians, you know, in that. Ooh, Ron Carter. I got to play with Ron Carter. <laughs> 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 and Joe Henderson.
2: Sure. Another name is Al Giroux, who did a lot of work with, of course, Jay Graydon.
1: Yeah, I... I Play m- mo- mostly live with Al Jarreau. Did you? Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't record any of the tunes because he, uh, Jay, he was using Gar and, and I think Jeff Pocaro. Yeah. And, uh, but I got to play on the road with Al Jarreau. I went to Europe many times, you know, and uh, he treated me well. And the reason I wanted to play with him because I considered him like a, like a great musician, not just a singer. Right. And, and, and also he treated the musicians really well. Right. Um, I always been a little bit skeptical about those situations. I like uh, to really be able to be friends with the people that I play with. Now that they are the artists, the stars, and the musicians are in the back of the bus, you know. Yeah. I don't. I I don't deal well with that. Uh, with, with, with that. Sure. Because Weather Report never treat us that way. Mm-hmm. Actually, to the contrary, Weather Report when you start in the band, it's just Weather Report, and then you became a member of the band. Right. Not just a, a drummer or percussionist. Exactly. You came a member, and I remember that when they came to interview Joe and and Wayne and Jaco, you know, the first thing Joe and Wayne said, you know, you had to interview Alex and Manolo as well.
4: Wow, that's great. That's (laughs) great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but so I was raised that way inside, inside that 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 style of living uh, with with great musicians. You know, Uh so when anybody invite me to play, you know, I don't, I'm not going to mention names, but big names, you know. Yeah. And, uh, Alex, you want to play precaution with me? Uh, you know, they, they don't call me. They, they send somebody to call me. Yeah. And, uh, I said, eh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ch- <laughs> oh, no, Because I know that I'm going to be in the back of the, t- the train. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that, you know. So, I just recall with people over here mainly, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, actually I'm preparing right now when you were calling me, uh, I'm preparing. I'm going to be playing with Bobby McFerrin. Oh, okay. And the Voice Orchestra. Amazing record that we did uh, with Roger Triss. Yeah. And we're playing in April in San Francisco, April 10. And then uh, in August, we're going to Europe to play with the NDR band. Wow. And Gil Goldstein. Uh, we're going to do about seven concerts in uh, Warsaw and also Hamburg. Wow, that's neat. So... I'm still uh, currently playing with musicians that are that that kind of that kind of musicians. <laughs> you know that is yeah. really <laughs> top notch. You know that I respect. Yeah. That is they are an inspiration. Not only as musicians but as as people. You know?
3: Yeah. I was—I had a question for you. You, you mentioned uh, the Percaro name a minute ago, Jeff Percaro, and uh, Eddie and I are, are big Toto fans. We we uh, we interviewed uh, Steve Percaro recently, one of uh, the brothers there of Jeff, and, and uh, of course uh, there's Mike and and but last year we had the uh, opportunity to interview uh, the Percaro father, Joe Percaro, and he's a percussionist as well. And I wanted to know if you ever had any experiences working with him.
1: Yeah, of course. I know the bocaro really well. <laughs> I play a lot of movies with Joe, the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I play in a lot of sessions with uh, Jeff, yeah. and I play uh, some concerts with Steve.
4: Okay, That's a, yeah. And
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I know the bocaro really well. Great people, a lot of talent. Uh, especially Joe, is an incredible student of. Yeah. The, the art yes, of he is. Yeah. The art of percussion. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. A lead percussionist he plays tablas timpanis all the way to timpanis yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah great great people
2: Hey Alex, recently you uh, collaborated a, a while ago with two amazing musicians from, uh, from Norway. And to make some incredibly fresh music. And uh, of course, I'm talking about your group that, that you have with uh, Jay Gunnar Hoff and, and Per Matheson called Acuna Hoff Matheson. Uh, oh. Tell us a little bit about that. That is some amazing music that you guys have. I really love that. How do you hear that? Oh, geez. I just, it's, we, we try to do a little research here, but I just love It's just so fresh. It's almost like a very renewed weather report type of sound. And, and it, it's just beautiful. I, I, mean, I, I can't stop listening. To it. So tell us about I don't, about know, I don't this. know
1: if I send you the the site. which we just did a DVD here. I'm starting now from the end. But yeah, that's okay because you already know a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, they came uh, the first week of uh, February mm-hmm. to the seventh actually to do uh, a DVD for Drone Channel. I'm gonna send you that site.
4: Oh yeah. And
1: uh, interviews and everything. Well. Like I I was saying many things, I always like to to give the point because everything that I said, to me, they have some kind of value. Uh And uh, I stopped traveling from 1986 when I finished with World Report and Koinonia until about 2006 because, again, I wanted my my boys were becoming men, you know. Yes. and, uh, And my daughters were also becoming women. And my children, the little ones, were becoming teenagers. <laughs> yes. So I have five kids three boys, two girls. Right. And I could not leave a load of of, uh, of work to sure. my wife. Absolutely. She's an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm going to stop traveling. But just I'm going to make a little emphasis because this is very important. Without knowing that staying home from 86 to 2006 was going to serve me so well. Be- about expanding my roots here in Los Angeles as a recording musician. Mm -hmm. Because right now, in this town, there are too many musicians working, recording. Yeah. Uh, What I mean about this is when you stay in town long enough and you're around playing, doing sessions, the contractors, because those are the people that hire the musicians to do the movie soundtrack. Yes. Or television. They got to know who I was. And so they called me. So that's why lately I've been making all the big movies,
4: you yes, know. Yes, uh-huh.
1: uh And Mission Impossible and uh, Star Trek and Ratatouille, Incredibles, Up, and, uh, you know, Speed Racer. and yeah. any- any- Anyhow, all those movies, big movies. Yeah. And, and it's because I stay in town and I- I'm still very uh, active recording. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question was how I... uh. Your question was how I stay here, what I did? No,
2: my, my question is is uh, those, um, uh, the, the gentlemen, uh, Jan and, and Pear, we're talking right.
1: about. Um, so, in two, 2006, they called me to do a Latin jazz festival in Tromso. Yeah. That's what I mean. The, 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 20 years later, I say, okay, I'm going to travel again. Okay. I'm traveling again. Sure. And I asked, I say, I just need an incredible bass player, an incredible piano player and then I know a saxophone player I know a guitar player we can form a band and, and play this jazz concert. so when I get there uh, we were rehearsing one tune of uh, Jan Gunnar wrote and uh, in the middle of the tune I stopped playing <laughs> and he said why Alex uh, something wrong I said oh no 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 I haven't felt this way for a long time <laughs> and uh, how about if we talk a little bit more to continue this, uh, and then uh, Per Matins and said, yeah, maybe maybe just the three of us. <laughs> and, uh, and John can play more synthesizers, and we can write the tunes, and blah, blah, blah. yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so, that was the beginning, and they got very in, uh, into getting gigs. You yeah. know, in parenthesis, I did, that year, 2006, 2007, I did uh, in in three weeks, I did about 14 jazz festivals just in Norway.
4: Holy cow! Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not saying here I know, <laughs> People don't get discouraged by by me saying that, but I I only know about four jazz festivals here in the United States.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> and and Norway is the size of San Diego, you know. <laughs> And we play fourteen jazz festivals.
2: Right? My goodness, it's amazing. So
1: anyhow, that's how much they love music. Yeah. And that's, uh I fell in love with these these guys musically speaking and um, now we we're taking this father up and we already had a chance to play here in, uh, in Los Angeles at Vitelos tonight. Do the D V D we play in New York at the Iridium and we play in uh, Rochester and we play in uh, in we play in London and Oslo and uh Croatia also. There is a dVD uh, out of croatia on on youtube really yeah really nice.
2: that's good I'll take a look at yeah. that that's, that's uh, i and, really uh,
1: anyhow the, the reason uh and this is maybe why the reason I'm playing with them is because exactly what you say uh, I want to keep alive jo uh music you mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. that style of music uh, uh not too many people play them because uh you know they play more like my like the Chikoria style which is yeah. great. Yeah. Or the Herbie Henker style or or the or the Chucho Valdez style or the Ruban style. Right. But not the Joe Savinol style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. And uh so that's the reason why I wanted to keep it alive and uh, those are the perfect guys to play with.
4: Sure.
3: I wanted to talk about one more album, and it's one that I'm, I'm particularly fond of, and that's your 2005 release called No Accent, which was under the uh, band name Alex Acuna and the Unknowns. And uh, this album was, you know, really a fantastic mix of, of Latin rock and jazz influences. And tell us a little more about the Unknowns. I mean, the, tell us about the band that you put together for mm-hmm. this project.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so wonderful the way you say it, a band that I put together for the project. You know, most of the musicians, in, in any, especially here in the United States, when they have an opportunity to make an album, they will call the big names. Yeah. They will call Chick Corea or, or Patatucci or, you know, the big jazz players, you know. Uh-huh. Because they want some help to be recon, recognized. you know? Right, right. I don't look at that way. Mm, I look it in a totally different way. I call the musician that can play the music.
2: Right. That's amazing.
1: That's right. great. And these are I put the unknowns because I'm also an unknown, uh, and, and we all, are, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I told them, I said, guys, uh, the reason I'm pulling down is because I'm getting the contract, and I'm going to be paying you guys. And uh, you know, it, right. so they can it so it's a name, but I said, you're not unknown to me, that's why you're playing with me. <laughs> and uh, I got the best piano player, one of the best piano players from Latin America, Omar Ruiz, and
3: uh-huh.
1: uh, one of the best bass players from Puerto Rico. John Pena. Yes, yes. And uh, the best guitar player from Peru and also over here, uh, Ramon Estañaro. And uh, Pedro Stache, you know, plays all the great flutes. And uh, and Richie and I, we did the drums and the percussion and, and the compositions and everything. And uh, because he had that also kind of Latin weather report, sound, rock, rock, jazz. And and I use those guys because they, they, like, uh, they like me, you know, in a way uh, when it comes to music. There is no boundaries. Uh, They can play any style of music. They well trained musicians. Yeah, and uh, so that's why. And I didn't even submit it to the Grammys or anything. You know, I I just made the album to have it as a collection. And uh, when I go on the road, I sell them. Actually, I only sold 2,000, and probably I need to get more copies. I don't have any more. And uh, and the band is no longer playing anymore because everybody also uh, doing their own careers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So. So that's why now I am
3: playing with the trio. Well, you know, some of the tracks on that album, including one that I really enjoyed was, and I, I, pardon me, I don't speak Spanish, so I'll try not to butcher (laughs) the name here, but Alas de Aguila. Alas uh, Alas de Aguila. uh, Alas de Aguila. Thank you, Eddie. (laughs) of the Aguila. You know, I had some, that uh, that song had, uh, you know, a very pronounced bass melody part that made me, when I heard it, you know, and knowing your background and your, your association with Weather Report that that sort of made me that baseline sort of reminded me of something Jocko might do. And am I right about this? I mean, was that sort of a jocko esque sort of approach to to uh, that song? Yeah, of
1: course. This yeah, is, uh, that's, the, that's that's how I write my mail Yeah.
3: Well, that brings me to my next question about your bassist on the project. You mentioned John Pena. He, he's an amazing player, and I've had a chance to see him perform live a couple of times with, with bands like Los Lobotomies out in, in Los Angeles. And tell me about working with John and how he handled those, those his Jocko parts, those Jocko-esque <laughs> bass lines. <laughs> well,
1: John is a chameleon.
3: Uh-huh.
1: That's what I said. All those musicians in the unknown are chameleons. <laughs> yeah. they, they can play classical music, jazz. Yeah. They can play all the jazz styles. They can play all the Latin styles. You know, I don't, Those are musicians that when I call them to play a tune, I don't have to tell them how to play. I just put the music in front of them and they interpret it.
2: Yeah, that is their yeah. own
1: interpretation. It's
2: natural, yeah.
1: You know, yeah, they are natural. That's what I, you know, before I said that they like they like me, you know, and yeah, I'm like sure. that. I like to be like that. So, right. I I get to see musicians that they play so well. I don't care about the name. <laughs> I yeah. care about the music. Exactly, right. But right. so for me, like I said before, you know, name doesn't mean so much. I mean, you know, they are they are creatures of God, but uh, to me, it's the music what God really creates for. Music is bigger than. Than then music is spiritual for me. It's really huge. Anyhow, so for me here, when when you ask me if I have a studio, I have a home studio where I do some sometimes uh, just rhythm sections, you know, or percussion and drums overdubbing in my house,
4: uh-huh.
1: just for fun and for for generating a, a different kind of income. And I just working in my home. A lot of people send me the files, or they come and track with me. Sure. And. Uh, When they ask me for bass players, I I only recommend two. Actually, in Los Angeles, I only play with two bass players. Ibrahim Laboniel and John Peña. John Peña, They read anything, they play anything. Like I said before, I don't have to tell them what to play or how to play. Mm Mm-hmm. They just interpreted
2: the music. It's um, it's amazing how you, you know, uh, very much like you said, it's just natural. You feel the music and you go there, and and you know, you understand the foundation of where they want to go, and then you just let these guys loose. Um, and and that's because they they have it in their blood. They have that ear, and they they probably know how to, not overplay but to underplay the music. Can, can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, actually, it's mainly uh, to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. To music. And that's <laughs> yeah. what you just said. <laughs> Something funny, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Laborier has a way of saying, when well, we're playing live or we're playing in the recording, and it feels so good, he says, Wow, Alex. I said, What? Music is visiting us in this moment. Oh,
2: that's nice. <laughs> <And> that's <one. laughs>
1: so, the other thing, that's, the, that's the, 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 I would say, you know, the, the, the very, how you call it, uh, not negative, the very productive way of, of saying something, right? Yeah, right. Now, the other way, which is very truthful, it can be a little harsh, but it's so true. Right. I tell the guys, guys, music doesn't have to suffer because of our ego. It's <laughs> <That's> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, wonderful. it's harsh, but it's the truth. Well,
3: yeah. you remember that, what, what recording was it, Eddie? The, the, uh, was, it, was it We Are the World or one of those, you know, big group recordings? That, when everybody went into the studio, there was a big sign on the door. Yes. All the, you know, all these famous musicians, yeah. you know, going in to sing for We Are the World. And there was a big sign outside the door that said, leave your ego at the door.
2: Yeah. <laughs> got it? You got it, right? That's it. You're right.
3: Exactly right.
1: But that's the truth. Yeah. Because all the music is, you know, you cannot be a victim. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because of of the ego, the people. <laughs> Everybody has an ego. You know, a sense of sure. competition, competition or whatever. But uh, you, know, <laughs> it, 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 you also can sense the people that are humble. Yeah. The people are truthful. The people are very clear about what they do in the artistry, especially. You know, that's those are the things that we already covered when I said before that uh, I, I like to travel with musicians, the people, the artists that are our friends that are become your friends, your acquaintance, not just yeah. your, your employer. You know,
2: absolutely right. Well, it's just uh, it's you know we can appreciate your your transparency, Alex, in talking with us because we can really see your heart where how you approach your not only your music but your life also. But and also we also know that uh, on the web there's so many training videos, and you probably have have traveled the the world to to give seminars and to train people on how to approach music. So. Um, you know our our audience knows you very well and knows your work very well oh. um but i 'd like to to tell recommend to our audience that if you 'd like to know more or to see more on on alex 's work on the web um you can go to your i believe your myspace page has a, a good abundance of uh of uh of information and where where else could they go alex
1: well right now i 'm reading really in the reconstruction of my uh, my my uh, site, site my okay. website All right you know. Because it's not much information there. Uh, sometimes they can write to me actually in uh, my space, Alex mm-hmm. in Akuna,
4: sure. My
1: space. Uh, uh, I answer all the questions, or they can write also to me on my uh, email, alex at alexacuna.net. Mhm. Uh, I'm a, I'm an open book. I'm uh-huh. very transparent. Uh, sure. I don't hide from people, and uh, I I like to talk to everybody. Some sometimes short, sometimes longer. But um, when I sense that somebody's need or somebody's interest in, in getting something of value for themselves, I, I will do my best.
2: Yes, exactly. To,
1: to counsel, to counsel them uh, musically speaking, sure, or you know, in life because I, I'm already an elder and uh, I'm already being around many times. I, you know, around this world seven times, and uh, I raised children, five successful children, uh, so I, I have a, a great background. Of experience to really, what yes. I think will uh, incentive people mainly, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so that's that's what you you're noticing, and that uh, yes, I do go out and teach. Uh, I teach here, uh, not not all the time, but I do like seminars. UCLA, USC, uh, MIT, uh, LAMA, and then New York in uh, Berkeley, I believe, Manhattan's, uh, School of Music. And then uh, Boston, Berkeley, School of mm-hmm. Music. Sure. And then London, uh, the Royal Academy of Percussion, and uh, Puerto Rico, the Conservatorio Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. I also, this is what I'm teaching right now in Peru. I go there to um, Pontifica Universidad Católica del Perú. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm teaching over there. Uh, every time I go there, I, I do four days, uh, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon.
2: That's great. Wow.
1: Yeah, and also uh, helping them by getting instruments because I have great connections. Sometimes uh, 50% discount, you know, to get him the instruments to Peru, and um, all the drums that I don't use. For for example, I used to play Yamaha drums, and uh, I mm-hmm. gave already uh, five sets. I sent four to Peru and one to Kiev.
4: Wow! Um, wow!
1: In church, a church over there in um, in Ukraine. Wow. Yeah. You know, Good. because um, I don't like to sell my equipment. I like just to give it away. Sure. Because also they've been given to me, you know. Right, right. I never bought anything. I don't buy this, this sticks or nothing. <laughs> wow. they all giving to me symbols, uh, percussions. Oh, by the way, I have a line of percussion now with gombaps. Really? Yeah, uh, uh, Timbales, Alex Acuna, Four Congas, Alex Acuna, Bombap, Alex, Acuña, Bombos, oh, wow. Alex Acuña, Cajon, Alex Acuna, and Five Cowbells. Alex That's
2: Acuña's wonderful. Um, That's good.
1: Models. Yeah, if you go to gombapspercussion.com, G O M mm-hmm. B O P S, gombap
4: okay okay
1: uh dot com you wanna see a uh, uh, it's a new company that i'm also working with the company i went to Peru maybe we uh would like to see the possibilities to open a uh, a factory over there as well we have a factory over here one in california and one in boston and uh and so I, I work in designing instruments and also being a consultant for this company.
3: Good for you. That's wow. wonderful. That's good, Alex. You're a very busy man. Thank you. <laughs> I am. That's what I told you I was having <laughs> breakfast.
1: I've been so busy. I, I had to get <laughs> ready in about half hour. I had to leave to my session with Harry. Well, I will tell him hello from you guys. Oh. Please.
2: We need to get him on the show. Tell him to. We'll have to hook up and get him on Inside MusicCast. So hopefully we can get a drop in a little note there. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Definitely. There's a, you know, uh, there's a lot of musicians. I would like to really talk to you guys. Because Wonderful. Uh, you have a great uh, sense of understanding about what you're doing, and uh, that's the, the main thing, you know, the, the, to be transparent, to let the truth
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, well, set everybody free. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, 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 The we'll, truth shall set you free. It sure
3: will. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much, Alex, for your time.
3: Yeah, thanks. We really appreciate everything you, you've uh, shared with us today, and, and uh, we'll try to stay in touch with you too and see what's happening uh, down the road, and, and uh, hopefully we'll reconnect at some point.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for calling and giving me the opportunity. I know that I speak in many different ways, many different things, but they all, like you said, they're all is one package. It, right. it, Absolutely. It's, same thing. it's one thing, really, you know? Well, We've
3: enjoyed every bit of yeah.
0: it. Thank you.
1: Thank you, too. All much. right,
0: thanks a lot. Yeah, a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Alex Acuna for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. Also, very special thanks to Inside Music Cast correspondents Scott Gross, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Max Zape, And Uwe Reif, and please visit our new website at InsideMusicCast.com, where you can join us for great music conversation in our forum, catch up on all of our past interviews in the archive section, read the Inside Opinion blog, and check out bonus content that we'll be posting often. Find us on InsideMusicCast.com or on Facebook and MySpace. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast.